Welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery, where we consider life and how to get through it happily. Hello and welcome to Incoming with Margie Avery. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you anybody who listens on a regular basis. And I do need to let you know that I added a feature where you can now subscribe. So look for that. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends to subscribe. Appreciate you supporting the show. I try to put out content that is valuable, things that run through my mind, thoughts, and things that you don't hear in mainstream media or on podcasts that are now being put out by anybody in Hollywood who has name recognition and knows they can get an instant audience, but they talk about a lot of fluff. It's not what I call good journalism. I don't intend to be a journalistic site, but I think that sometimes it's nice to tune in somewhere and hear that another human being, some thoughts have occurred to them too. And maybe it's like-minded and maybe it's not. Maybe it gets you thinking about something from a different perspective. Or maybe it gets you thinking about something that you should be and you aren't. Because I think a lot of the nonsense out there is intended to distract us. We always seem to be thinking and focusing on the wrong end of the issue. So that's my purpose. Um, Along those lines today, I, I read an article in my news feed in the last week. And it was a, an issue that they called imposter syndrome. Apparently, this is where people who achieve success when, you know, you've, you've hit a goal, things are happening, but you always have this nagging feeling that, that you're not really qualified. You don't really deserve it. Someone's going to find you out and then they'll know the truth that you're not really qualified or you really shouldn't be wherever you are. And apparently, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to apologize because I do not remember her name, but there was a psychiatrist, I believe. Let me get my, let me get this lie straight, as they say. So bear with me. It was uh, Suzanne Imes and Pauline Clance uh, that, actually Pauline Clance, that first, when studying psychology, uh, noticed the phenomenon and then later worked on it more with Imes. But so if you want to look it up, but it, it, it hit me kind of funny because I thought there have been times in my life that I've truly felt that way. Like when you, when you first get a job and if, like you're, you're new to a field of study. When I, I've, I've said before, I, I went into accounting formally, got my degree later in life. And so even though I was in my late thirties, early forties, it was my first job, my first placements in the accounting field, and it was new to me. And as a, as a rookie, I, I remember that feeling that, oh, my God, these people know so much more than me. I don't know if, you know, how long it's going to be before they realize they hired an imposter, so to speak, someone who's really not qualified for the job. And I was holding that bar that I constantly had to live up to. And... I found the article fascinating, and I think that a lot of people go through this. It's just we don't use the terminology, I feel like an imposter. What we tend to do is 
maybe become workaholics, maybe become a little bit too devoted to the job because we feel like we constantly are seeking sort of that proverbial pat on the back, that reassurance that we deserve to be there. Now, the interesting thing about this study is they said that they identified this going on with highly successful people and more so women than men, but but it affects both. But people who have achieved levels, uh, heads of corporations, you know, high-ranking members of, of political parties that you would think by the time you got there, you've paid your dues, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, you deserve to be where you are. But apparently they too experience this. And I thought, well, there's a topic that's interesting to talk about this week because I wonder how many more people feel that way. And, and again, like I said, when I started thinking about it, it occurred to me that people may not word it or even think about it in terms of I'm an imposter that conjures up different images. But I think the same feeling goes through our heads. Put some thought into that. How many times have you been on a job and you felt like everyone on that job understood the big picture better than you or grasping the details of the tasks better than you? That you were always the, the, the person a step behind, despite the fact that you're moving up you're achieving what you should be achieving. People are telling you you're doing a good job. There's still that nagging little feeling in your head. And the other thing where I notice that I believe it's the same thing, a lot of parents, everyone I know that is a parent, anytime that their child suffers a failure or a setback or their child is unhappy with them, they immediately feel that they have failed as a parent like they were never qualified to begin with. And, you know, I'd like you guys to just put some thought into this, you know, kind of run it around in your mind and see where you think that this may be happening with you or has happened with you in your life. And the next step to me is stopping that train of anxiety-ridden thinking. Just a little positiveness in there to yourself that, hey, you know what? I wouldn't have made it here on, you know, let's say we have a, a scale of one to 25 steps you have to go to achieve the highest level of whatever you're doing. I wouldn't be on step 18 if I wasn't qualified. And I don't need someone to tell me that I'm qualified. The fact that I knew the things to say to be hired, the fact that I've raised my child to whatever age they are and they're healthy and they're doing okay, is proof that I'm qualified. And what makes these other people out there qualified to judge me? What am I looking at in them and thinking that they are the ultimate judge of who is qualified and who's not? You know, you ever hear those stories when you read those old interviews? I don't hear people in Hollywood saying this so much, but the old stars used to often tell the story of, that, you know, the time that they screwed up or they, they made a mistake or they did something and they were told, you'll never work in this town again, and they went on to greatness. It's kind of the same thing. The real problem is the power that we're giving other people around us to appoint them as judge and jury, and the buck literally stops with them. 
you are going to make mistakes in life. You're going to screw up. You're going to have setbacks. You're not always going to be the first person in the room to get the concept to, to, to pull it off in one take using another Hollywood term. That doesn't mean that you're not qualified. And that doesn't mean that just because it upsets someone else in the room who at that moment in time is a superior to you, that, that they are the judge of your total value or where you're going to go. It, it's a whole negative thought process. And it starts with us and it can end with us. And you know, if you ever need reinforcement, not that I'm a believer in tearing down other people to build ourselves up, but sometimes you need a little reminder. These, all these stories in the paper uh, and the news feeds, and yeah, there are still newspapers out there, so I'm not being that old, but all these, okay, it started back with Hillary Clinton, and I think the whole thing was she was caught uh, with a, a work computer with what they said were sensitive documents on a server that wasn't secured, sending these emails, yada, yada, yada. Now, I mean, is there anybody in Washington that doesn't have classified documents stuffed somewhere in their house? Because let's see, former President Trump, President Biden, former Vice President Pence. I mean, these are things that we would be fired for. I mean, these people are just, oh, I got some, I got a case of classified documents just sitting in my garage. One's over in my closet. I'm sending emails from anywhere. I mean, literally, these are fireable offenses at any American company, probably any company anywhere. And I mean, these people are clearly high-ranking, intelligent people. And you can argue all day, should they have had them? Shouldn't they have had them? It's okay. It's not okay. I don't know. But... I'm just saying, if I'm working for a company and I've signed an NDA and I have signed a privacy policy, if I'm caught taking a work computer and doing personal things on it or taking work documents and taking them outside of the office without somebody's knowledge and leaving them in an unsecured area where competition can get a hold of them, I can almost guarantee you, you will be fired or very, very strongly reprimanded so come on if these kind of people still make human mistakes still don't even consider how the optics are how this might appear if somebody found i mean for all i know what the government's calling a classified document might be you know the irs's cafeteria lunch menus from two years ago i don't know that they had in their garage or their closet or on an email but you should have known at your level that if this ever leaks out, how it's going to appear to people, the optics, okay? So if those people can make those kinds of faux pas, it's quite all right if we do. And sometimes remember when you're in the room, when you're in that meeting, when you're in that uh, conference call or whatever it may be, and you've got the, you know, the sharpshooter in the room who's like hitting every point and catching everything, Maybe they've been doing it longer than you. Maybe for whatever reason, it's something that they, you know, comes easier to them. Just because you're asking more questions, it may be how you learn. It may be how you assimilate information, how you map it in your brain. Just because you're the last person that gets it doesn't mean that you're the dumbest person in the room because you may get it better than everybody once you understand it. Just because 
your first time attempting an athletic move, you don't nail it. How many hundreds of hours do you suppose an elite level athlete practices that pass or that serve or that dribble or that shot? And they make it look easy in the end because they have practiced it and screwed it up thousands of times before they got the muscle memory down to do it perfect. Just keep these things in mind. You know, give yourself a break. Think about the fact, you know, measure yourself up against reality. Not the negativity that your mind is building up. I'm no psychiatrist. I don't know. I don't even know that these psychiatrists came up with a cure for it. But I know that in my mind what it comes down to is you're feeding negative thoughts into your brain. And you have the power to stop those and to start feeding in rational messages. I'm not saying irrationally pump yourself up. You're the greatest that ever lived. You're the best. That's irrational. But think through some of these other things that I gave you as examples reasonably assess the people that you're holding yourself up against. Reasonably dole out the power of who really can judge you. And recognize that ultimately you're judging yourself in a negative way. And it may be completely unfounded. Everybody's been a beginner. And even professionals have a bad day. Cut yourself some slack. Replace some of the negative with positive rational thoughts about yourself. Show yourself some respect. If you're going to be doing PR for everybody around you, you might as well do it for yourself a little bit too. Because you are doing PR for those around you when you have now crowned them the ultimate judge of your performance and how far you're going to go in life. Anyway, food for thought. Again, if you tune in, if you like the show, leave a comment. Let me know you like it. And subscribe if you're interested in supporting the show. Tune in to the next episode of Incoming with Margie Avery. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.